Ho, ho, ho! Yup, there goes Santa Claus! This is Connect the Dots Radio Show. Hey, it's Christmas time in New York City. Merry Christmas. How about that? Forget that happy holiday bullshit. It's Merry Christmas. You got a problem with that? You're the one with the problem. How about that, huh? Mm-hmm. Ho, ho, ho. What did Santa Claus say when he came down the chimney and he found the whorehouse? He said, ho, ho, ho. Anyhow, hey, you know, everybody should be having a good time. Hey, Christmas is for kids. Yes, sirree. And if you uh, grow up in a place where they don't celebrate Christmas, man, you're a kid, boy, you lose out, let me tell you. Because Christmas is for kids. And the kids are the ones who get the presents. Yeah, and it makes their life happy. Uh, you know, hey, Christmas comes about once a year. But you know what? People don't talk anymore about what the uh, celebration is supposed to be about. You know, you're uh, in, in Derry, you're supposed to be uh, having a celebration of the uh, birth of... Uh, Jesus of Nazareth, otherwise known as Jesus Christ. And um, even though uh, December 25th is not his real birthday, his real birthday is known and is kept on record, not on planet Earth, it's kept on record off planet Earth. But this information was given to us about 100 years ago, yeah. It's called the Fifth Apocle Revelation. And, uh, well, you need to search for that. Because if I was just to tell you the real birthday of uh, Jesus, you'd be in an uproar. You'd want to pretend like, well, it's December 25th, and there's a multitude of reasons why that day was chosen. Multitude of reasons. But anyhow, it's the day we celebrate. Um, on planet Earth here, the birth of Jesus, whom Jesus was. Everybody has their own opinion on that, but it is known. And uh, you need to search for that truth. Hey, inquiring minds want to know. Hey, this is a call-in radio show. It's Christmas uh, in New York City here, and... uh, did, um, hey, call in, 827, uh, I mean, 888-627-6008, toll-free number, and uh, say something about Christmas. Uh, you know, the idea of the giving the gifts is we're supposed to be emulating um, the uh, story of the three wise men who had heard on the grapevine about some special person was going to be born into planet Earth, and they brought gifts in honor of this uh, amazing being that was going to be born into the human race. 
Yep, Neanderthal was out there on the grapevine, whether it was um, probably started with uh, Mary was visited by the angel and told, you're going to give birth to a very special, special individual. And I guess uh, she told that to somebody else, and then the word got around. Some people wanted this, were looking forward to it, and other people were in horror. The bad guys were in horror. Yeah, they didn't They didn't want uh, anyone uh, good being born into the earth because they wanted to continue their rotten ways of cheating people, enslaving people, and doing all kinds of bad things. But uh, anyhow, that's part of the story. But Christmas is for kids. And uh, though um, way back in the last century, there were, if we go back far enough, um, kids uh, didn't really, they, maybe they wrote a note to Santa Claus or something like that. Santa Claus was uh, something that was invented. I think it started with St. Nicholas over there in Europe or something like that. And um, became known Santa Claus here in the United States of America. But anyhow, and then the fable of um, riding on the reindeer and dropping down into chimneys and <laughs> leaving presents. You know, uh, everybody, um, child believes that to a point where then finally re realizes, like, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense. A big fat guy climbing down. How can he get to all the chimneys, uh, all the houses in one night? Of course not. Um, but you're still you're still looking forward to the presents, even if you don't believe in Santa Claus anymore. You're and who who who's really Santa Claus? Your parents, man. That's who Santa Claus is. Um, does the uh, playing the part of uh, Santa Claus there? And kids look forward to that, at least in the uh, Christian world. The kids look, uh, you know, the word Christian refers to the followers of the teachings of Jesus. And, um, of course, there's fake Christians, too. And um, there's all different varieties of um Churches that call themselves Christian, you know, Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholic, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, well, I have to say, if it wasn't for the Catholic religion, the story of Jesus probably would have not made it into this point in time. Even though they tainted uh, the story themselves, and it was a plot, really, to take over two religions. They created this book called the Bible. You know, today, this is an educational program. You know, the Bible was created by the Romans. That's it. They took scriptures from the uh, followers of uh, Jesus of Nazareth, uh, and they took... Uh, the Jewish scriptures, and they put them into the world's first encyclopedia. I think it was 325 A.D., and they formed what's known as the Roman Catholic Church. And uh, this thing uh, they called the Bible had 66 or more books, depending on uh, which version you want to talk about. 
And uh, that's how we got the Bible. No, God did not write the Bible. No, Jesus did not write the Bible. It was the Romans who put together books written by other people, I think 39 different authors or something like that, and they put it together and we could call it the world's first encyclopedia, and they called it the Holy Bible. And they set up the Roman Catholic Church. It was a plot to take over two groups of pesky people who didn't want to bow down to the emperor, the Roman emperor. So, anyhow, that's how it all came to be, to take us up to where we are today. And uh, in the beginning, only the priests knew how to read out of this Bible. And um, they spoke in uh, an an unused language called Latin. Uh, Of course, to keep the people in the dark, you know, the whole plot was to... uh, get control in the minds of the people, control the Christians, the pesky Christians, and the pesky uh, Jewish people. So um, that's how it all came about and started. But if it wasn't for the Catholic Church, um, with their weekly uh, ceremonies and big uh, fantasy churches, people like to, to go to, the story might have got lost over time, uh, or certainly wouldn't have become as worldwide as it, as it has become. So it was good and bad. Even though the initial intent of putting together the Bible was uh, a negative one, one of control, one of deceit, uh, it actually turned out to be a good one. And then, um, um, though, uh, they. They were in control of this uh, Bible until the inventing of the printing, printing press. And then when copies were printed in uh, other languages, people began to look and read and discover for themselves, wait a second, there's more to this than we've been told. And then we had to break off from the Catholic Church and... Uh, we had the Presbyterians, the Baptists, uh, the Methodists, the Lutheran, and it goes on and on and on and on. So, bring us to where we are today. But anyhow, that's what the whole thing at Christmas. And like I said, there's many reasons why the birthday of Jesus began to be celebrated on the 25th of December. Many reasons. I'm not going to waste anybody's time to go into it. Investigate for yourself. But um, so much for that. So it's uh, it's a time of, of being good. This whole thing about saying happy holidays, that's an anti-Christian attitude. You know, that's an anti-God attitude. If you knew who Jesus really was, and I do, uh, you'd understand to not respect uh, the authority given to Jesus who allowed himself to be crucified to fulfill prophecy and do the will of the Heavenly Father. If you don't understand who he really is, well, you're at a loss. And, um, again, you know, the world has been controlled by demons long before Jesus was uh, 
born into the the world about 2,000 years ago in some little town uh, called Bethlehem. But... Um, and it was ruled by the dark side, invaders from outer space. That's who they were. They came here and they took over the human race and they controlled uh, people with fake religion. They set themselves up as the false gods. And that's the situation we were in when Jesus was born into this world. You know, he made a valid attempt to teach humanity about the loving nature of the real God known as the Heavenly Father, if you want to know him personally. Um, <laughs> it's interesting that the uh, Galactic Federation, uh, who are here to help us and uh, finally free us from the, the slavery routine of the uh, world uh, invaders from outer space, uh, who've been ruling uh, over our world for hundreds of thousands of years, and the invisible demons, the fallen angels, who, uh, you know, infest the minds of weak-minded people. And they, to this day, they continue to do that. But uh, they're gonna be, we're going to be freed of all that. But the Galactic Federation does not... Uh, understand, uh, they call it source, they don't have a personal connection. And that's what we have here on Earth, those of us who uh, understand the importance of who Jesus is. Um, he's uh, the uh, Heavenly Father's representative and uh, has been given full authority over this sector of the universe, whether he know it or not, whether you like it or not. That is the reality. And, uh, well, if you have a problem with that, you're the one with the problem. But uh, that's why people call on the name of Jesus. That's the most powerful name to call on. Of course, you can call it in the name of God. You can call on God, too. But Jesus does the interactions because he's been given full authority to act, represent the Heavenly Father here on earth. Heavenly Father doesn't have to come to your rescue. It's Jesus' job. But, of course, God, the Heavenly Father, personally known as the Heavenly Father, uh, has the right to intervene in anything upon his choosing. But... Um, that's why the story goes, Jesus said while he was on the earth, I'm the gatekeeper. You want to get to the Heavenly Father, the real God of all gods? Well, you have to come through me because I've been given full authority over your sector of the universe. And that is the uh, the story there. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know. What do you know? Well, if you know anything, hey, you got a telephone. Hey, it's just calling radio show. Call in and tell us what you know. So, a um, couple hours from now, hey, with some places ready, I guess over in England, they're opening up their presence already, maybe. Who knows? But uh, plenty of happy children are going to be uh, happy this Christmas. Because I think kids get more presents now than they ever got before. I mean, it's been on an increase. 
for quite some time, every decade, kids, uh, the kids, the children seem to get more presents uh, year after year. But that's good. You know, maybe not that good for the parents because they get stuck paying the bill, putting out all the money. But, hey, it's only Christmas comes but once a year. I kind of feel sorry for the people that were born on Christmas because they get cheated. You know, in America, uh, children get presents on their birthdays, too. I don't know how it is in other countries. but uh, So if you're born on Christmas, you get cheated because you only got one day to get presents. If you were born on some other day outside of Christmas, you know, and not that close to Christmas, chances are you're going to have two days about every year that you're going to receive presents. Yeah, that's the way it is on planet Earth. Mm. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> so, hey, you know, as the saying goes, uh, <laughs> the old little jingle, jingle bell, <laughs> jingle bells on the sleigh of Santa. So much, much mythology connected with Santa Claus and Christmas that goes beyond the reality of what it was, it was supposed to be originally to represent the good old Christmas tree. I mean, in America here today, uh, probably the, 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 the biggest uh, sign of Christmas is the people who have houses, they, they go out of this world with light displays and there's neighbors or battling neighbors for the town prize or who has the best uh, light set up. And uh, it's, uh, I like, I like it. I like to go out and drive around at night and look at all the, the, the wonderful lights that people have decorated their houses. And every year they got more uh, unusual Christmas light setups that you can put on your house or your yard. People decorate the trees. They decorate their fences. And it's a wonderful time of year for just enjoying the, the view of the Christmas lights, the electric, electric Christmas lights. And uh, that's part of Christmas in 2022. You know, Christmas lights started, I guess, I don't know, over 100 years ago or something like that. People started decorating their trees. Usually towns would decorate a big tree. Then people started decorating trees in their house, put Christmas lights on. And now they decorate the whole outside of the house. Uh, and there's all these special decorations you can buy at stores like Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever, where they got reindeer you can put on your lawn. They got a sleigh you can put on your lawn. They got all kinds of blow-up things like a blow-up Santa Claus or you can put elves on your lawn. And, of course, people decorate their trees. Some people use all white lights. Some people use all blue lights. Some people uh, have all flashing lights. And there's just, uh, that's, that's Christmas for the grown-ups. <laughs> you know, so it's a, it's a good time of year. And um, it's Christmas. It's not happy holidays, okay? You know, that's an anti-God slogan. 
you don't understand that, well, you're probably some anti-God fool. That's all I got to say. Because the Christmas lights has to do with Christmas. It doesn't have to do with happy holidays. Uh, the idea of decorating the tree, that started over in Europe some time ago, a couple hundred years ago. It might have started in Germany. I'm not sure. Hey, it's a call and radio show. Uh, correct me if I said anything incorrect, but uh, whatever. It's time for good cheer. You know, there's uh, so many Christmas songs were written uh, talking about things, and, you know, and little riddles and poems, you know, about Santa Claus. He knows when you've been sleeping. He knows if you're awake because you're supposed to be sleeping when he comes down the chimney and drops off the presents. You're not supposed to be watching him do that as part of the... Um, <laughs> That's part of the myth to keep the uh, children still believing in Santa Claus, you know. You're supposed to be dead sleeping so you can't see him when he sneaks in your house and drops off the presents. Uh, so you can still believe that he, he does that. But, uh, yeah, he knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good, for goodness sake. Yeah, you better watch out. You better not pass. You better not cry. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Oh, well. So much for Santa Claus. And Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, yeah. You know, it's a part of the mythology. You know, Santa has a a sleigh pulled by a reindeer, and the, the the lead reindeer is Rudolph with his glowing nose. And songs about that. Uh -huh. Look it up if you don't know it. Google, Google it. <laughs> Google it. Yeah. The. Uh, <laughs> I know people don't uh, really sing those songs anymore. Uh, I don't think. So um, you might have to Google it to find out what I'm talking about there. Anyhow, anyway, it's a good time of year. It's time to be happy. You know, what's the story with the mistletoe? Yeah, you might have to Google that too. <laughs> Especially if you're young. You might have to Google that one, too. What's the deal with the mistletoe? And, uh, <clears throat> no, it has nothing to do with your foot. <laughs> mistletoe. And, you know, it's not people missing a toe. Uh, anyhow, Google it. The, uh, <laughs> so... Children in some part of the world are ripping open their presents now. That's another part of Christmas, to wrap your presents and uh, make them look attractive. And it's kind of a little game. The kids wake up, they see the presents under the Christmas tree that uh, supposedly Santa Claus left. Really, it was their parents that left them there. But uh, And they start, you know, they will... Sometimes uh, there'll be name tags on them, and they start ripping them open to be surprised at what Santa Claus brought them. 
or their parents got them. And of course, uh, you know, it's been so commercialized nowadays. Kids, they don't write notes to Santa Claus anymore. They <laughs> they just tell the parents, "This is what I want for Christmas," and the parents know they're obligated to get it. And uh, that's the way it gets played out in the modern world. Well, when the Galactic Federation lands, uh, yeah, there's, and everything changes here on Earth. Will we still celebrate Christmas? I don't know. Um, and we'll, well, at least we'll find out what the real birthday of uh, Jesus is. I mean, I know what the birthday is, but I'm not going to say it because I don't want to irritate people. You know, people will get offended. They want to believe. I mean, even though uh, there is no uh, documentation of December 21st being the birthday of Jesus. Uh, it's not in the Bible, and uh, it's it's not his birthday, okay? But we celebrate his birthday, and uh, that's good enough, you know. You know, we've assigned this day to celebrate his birthday. Ho, ho, ho. And uh, <laughs> you wonder where that saying came from, you know. Uh, that's taken from an old pirate song, Ho, 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 and a Bottle of Rum. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's how the connection comes uh, for drinking on Christmas, you know. And, of course, there's the eggnogs that have the, a little bit of alcohol in them. And um, Christmas is a time for celebration. People drink, people eat, they have a feast, you know. And uh, a lot of pastries and stuff, so it's a good time for celebrating one way or another. And uh, if only we could celebrate uh, Christmas every day and be uh, joyful and happy. And uh, that's another uh, bit of Christmas that uh, was popular a <laughs> hundred years ago, more so, when people would go around, groups of people would go around and they'd sing Christmas carols, Christmas songs, you know, and knock on people's doors and they would sing and Sometimes they would get uh, a reward for singing. Sometimes they'd get the door maybe slammed in their face. But people went out Christmas caroling on Christmas. That's right. Uh, I don't know. Very few people do it nowadays. Uh, it's a, a tradition that has kind of faded. But uh, Google, Google it. <laughs> Ask the Google God uh, about uh, Christmas caroling. And, uh, hey, there's other things happening today besides Christmas, you know? And, um, unfortunately, uh, we're having that, we're all in the midst of a war. We're in the final battle between good and evil. It's good that we all can take a day off and celebrate and forget about uh, the troubles. Some of us are still caught up in troubles, uh, even on Christmas Day. But, um, you know, that's life, you know? 
can we say? But uh, it'd be nice if it was Christmas every day because uh, people try to put their uh, show their good side on Christmas. And then maybe a lot of people turn back to their bad side the following day. Who knows? And, of course, Monday, people will be returning presents to the stores, the ones they don't want. (laughs) That's part of Christmas celebration, too, you know? People save the... uh, uh, the price tag, so uh, the, the present isn't really wanted taken. It can be taken back to the store to get a refund. Yeah. Uh, over-commercialized Christmas. Oh, well. You know, a uh, long time ago, before it became uh, overly, uh, Christmas became overly commercialized, sometimes Christmas presents were handmade by people. You know, because there was a lot more poor people around back then. In those days, 100 years ago or so, 200 years ago. And um, there weren't that many stores and people didn't have that much money. So they wanted to get a Christmas present for somebody. They might have to make it themselves. And uh, people got, if you were lucky, you got one Christmas present. Back uh, along the though nowadays, my God, kids get an uncountable uh, amount of presents. And then there's, of course, the people that just give out the money cards, you know, lack of imagination or they're just too lazy. They, you know, some people don't like wrapping presents. I always like wrapping presents. You know, it's a chance to use your artistic talent. But Google, Google it, Google, call the Google God, contact the Google God, and find out about all these Christmas traditions and ways and how it's changed from 100 years ago, from 200 years ago. 50 years ago, and uh, you'll learn a thing or two. Yes, you will. Hey, I'm dreaming of a one Christmas. Yeah, but uh, in New York, I don't think it is a white Christmas. Not in New York City. At least maybe up in New York State it is, and other places of the world. And uh, regardless of uh, snow causes havoc and problems for people, I like snow. I don't care what anybody says. I like it, especially when it's snowing and the big snowflakes come down. It creates a different atmosphere, especially if you're outside and get to enjoy it. You know, it creates a whole different atmosphere. Snow is to be enjoyed, you know? People uh, that just don't like it, I mean, you know, they're they're jaded, you know. They can't appreciate the beauty of snow, you know. It, it, it creates a whole different atmosphere and feeling, especially when those big flakes are coming down. And you can, you know, children can go out and make snowmen, and you can have a good old-fashioned snowball fight, and. Uh, it, once it's down, you can go sleigh riding, 
So there's a lot of good aspects to snow. It quiets things, too. When you're out there and it's uh, one of those big flakes, snow, snows, light snow, but big flakes, it quiets everything, yeah. Snow is a magical thing. You know, most people uh, don't realize, you know, snow is a sign from the universe or the heavenly realms when there's an event happening and there's a, a conscious connection made with the universe, snow will come out of nowhere and there'll be a, a, a light twinkling of snow that wasn't predicted. It just comes out of nowhere and it's for the moment. It's a, a sign of a sign from God, sign from the Lord Jesus Christ, sign from the heavenly realms. And uh, I can give you one particular instant that you might be able to relate to if you know a little bit about human history in America here. Um, just uh, the anniversary date of the assassination of the famous John Lennon, the man who formed the band called the Beatles, came up with the name Beatles, and uh, became world famous with his band, the Beatles, uh, and moved to New York City. And uh, unfortunately, he was assassinated right out in front of the building he lived on, the Dakota building in New York City on 72nd Street there. And um, though... uh, um, you know, it was a sad day on December 8th of 1980 that he was assassinated. He left behind, uh, you know, uh, two children, one from Yoko and one from his first wife, Cynthia. And so Yoko, the surviving current wife of John Lennon, um, uh, called for a moment of silence in remembrance of of uh, a man who was loved by countless millions of people. And uh, I think it was, you know, happened maybe the first week of January or something like that. Uh, she called for a moment of silence. I think it was at 1 p.m. in the afternoon. And... Uh, I was uh, um, doing this driving job at the time, and I pulled the uh, the vehicle over, uh, um, and on a, 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 a spot where I I could see uh, Manhattan because that's where he lived in 1980. I guess this was January of 1981, and I pulled over at one o'clock. To, to show my respects with that moment of silence. Uh, it was a, to be a moment of, was like one minute silence or maybe it was three minutes silence. But as soon as that moment came, within a couple of seconds of that moment of silence, snow came down. A light snow came down out of nowhere. It wasn't called for by the weatherman that day but it came down in honor. It was the universe or God, 
you know, sending those snowflakes as uh, a remembrance of John Lennon uh, in honor of him. And these things, and this is how snow is used in other circumstances, too. When it's an important moment for the universe, because John Lennon was a great man, you know, he was uh, uh, an advocate of peace and uh, a world leader for the peace movement. And so he was given recognition by the universe by snowflakes coming out of the, the sky that where it hadn't been forecast it was going to be snow. And it happened. The snow went on for about a minute, and then it was gone. But uh, this is how snow is used on planet Earth. When it's an important moment, snow will appear out of nowhere and just participate lately for a short amount of time. Hey, this is an educational show. It's Connect the Dots, and I'm connecting the snowflakes with the dots here. So um, that's my testimonial about what I know about snowflakes and how they're used to honor people. And uh, maybe you've come across situations like that in your life. Maybe not. And that's probably something you can't Google. You only can learn from firsthand stories about people who experienced it. You know, uh, that's the uh, uh, the limitations of Google. You know, the information is only on Google if somebody took the time to put it into the system. That's it. So there's many things that you're not going to be able to Google. And uh, one of the things you're not going to be able to Google is what's in my book, Connect the Dots Theory. That's why I keep talking about it. You know, I, you know, I, I, it's, it's not a big seller because uh, uh, I don't know how many, you know, I have no idea how many people listen to me on the radio station, and they, you all might be non-buyers, you know. You want everything for free, you know, if it, if the Google machine won't give it to you for free, you're not going to spend 10 cents on it. But my book can be downloaded for $5, $7, depending on who you get it from. You know. And uh, there's so much knowledge in that book that you're not going to be able to Google, especially the pictures of uh, things that can be witnessed here on Earth. Unusual craft hovering in the sky that pictures of craft that nobody who's ever supplied pictures of UFO has supplied pictures that I have in my book. If you're interested in pictures of UFOs that have never been shown anywhere except in my book, you you should make an effort to Google, not Google it, but get the book, Connect the Dots Theory. I mean, actually, Google, I think, gives you a to whet your appetite gives you uh, the first 40 pages of the book. It's out there for free. I mean, what's $5 nowadays? You know? Yeah, a box of candy is more than $5. A 
So it's not a question of price. It's a question of you have a desire for truth. And um, that is uh, that is the truth about that. Plus, you have all these 35-millimeter photos and photo enlargements. And I say 35-millimeter because... Uh, they can be proven to exist. You know, when we're talking about digital photos, forget it. They all can be faked. And uh, there's no way to prove they're real. (laughs) Uh, Again, that's the digital conspiracy. I talk about 39 ongoing conspiracies, and the digital conspiracy is one of them that I talk about in the book. But you got the 30-millimeter... photos, about 75 of them, uh, showing you some spacecraft that you've never seen before that hover. Uh, they show you about the blinking lights that uh, appear in certain situations where there's craft moving around. Uh, we got pictures of the, um, the focal points of light energy that... Uh, um, create doorways between dimensions. I got pictures of the creatures on, that we share Mother Earth here with that fly around at night but are invisible, but the camera will pick up their light trail. So they're radiating light. Uh, from the size of the radiations of the light, it looks like they're insect size, uh, something like that, large insect size maybe but they leave a light trail. So um, I don't know, is it uh, uh, kind of like a a firefly, but it leaves, these creatures are like firefly size maybe, but they leave light trails that hang in the air and uh, are picked up by the camera. So, uh, you know, that's a whole uh, scientific area that needs to be investigated. And I'm the one, first one to bring it out with photos. So if you're a scientist and um, looking for something new to investigate, you need to get a copy of my book, Connect the Dots Theory, and study the pictures and study the, the sky pictures. I noticed the position of the stars. I noticed the focal points of light that come down to ground level. I've got pictures of that, too. And those things, uh, the focal points of light that come down to ground level, you can see them with your naked eye. Of course, you're not going to see them where there's another light source around. You have to be out in the wilderness where there is no other light source. And when... Uh, these things are cast out like a net by the, uh, um, the the space travelers when they're visiting Earth and they want to come down to, uh, they want to set up a doorway from their spacecraft down to the ground so they can, uh, you know, beam down or whatever. Uh, they set up these things. They, they like cast a net. And that defined by focal points. And if you connected those focal points, connect the dots, because that's what you'll see if you happen to be in that area. You'll see dots floating around in the air, sort of just like uh, coming out of the sky and then going down to ground level. And amidst that area, 
you, you have, you know, beings might be materializing on ground level from the spacecraft that are hovering above. And I've got pictures of all this stuff. Uh, in my book, Connect the Dots Theory, again, if you're a scientist or just somebody who desires to learn more about what exists right here on Earth, happen, things that are happening, you know, you need to get my book and then start doing your own investigations. And uh, then get yourself a camera and, and uh, start uh, finding uh, where these creatures hang out. I mean, I've determined by having enough pictures of it that uh, these uh, insect creatures, flying creatures, birds or whatever they are that leave these light trails, small birds, um, or bigger birds the size of a cat or something like that that leave light trails, they happen to like spruce, spruce trees. And I've got pictures of them, a whole bunch of them, nesting on spruce trees. So, uh, and uh, if you want to get your own pictures, all you have to do is get yourself a camera with a big setting, use high-speed film, and uh, you'll capture these things. Um, with a camera with the B setting at night. Of course, uh, you want to be in an area where there's uh, no artificial light around because artificial light, um, strong artificial light will blot out what the camera will pick out, be able to pick up. And uh, you want to use film for this. You know, there's certain things that you need film to pick up and uh, other things, digital cameras will pick up other things, but the things that you can pick up with film, digital cameras won't pick up. Again, that's why they're pushing digital, because they don't want you to find out what's going on just beyond the range of human sight. Nope. That's why they want everybody to have digital cameras. Yeah, you can pick up the orbs with the digital cameras, but... The creatures that fly around and uh, leave the light trails and nest on spruce trees in particular, you're going to need a camera with a B setting that just opens up, no flashes, because you'll obliterate it then. Use a B setting, you open up the lens, and, um, you know, and you just let whatever lights around come in, and that's how you capture the light trails. But you know, you if you you don't you're not going to really know what I'm talking about unless you get my book and get the pictures in the book, and then you'll get an understanding of what I'm talking about here. But if you're a scientist, how can you not be interested in uh, the, uh, you know doing uh, starting some research into documenting these creatures that fly around at night. They probably fly around in the daytime, too, but we're not going to be able to pick them up with the sunlight uh, blotting everything out because it's we're picking up low candle power, it's called. And if you shine a light on it, you, it, it the, uh, the light being shined on it will obliterate it so you won't catch it. 
you know? Uh, so, you again, you know, you're getting lessons in photography here, too. But uh, if you're a scientist, how can you not be interested in this? The book is Connect the Dots Theory. Mine is out there. You can get it. Uh, you know, you can Google that uh, title, Connect the Dots Theory, by me, Tom Edison. That's right. Name very similar to that uh, uh, inventor of the light bulb from uh, over 100 years ago. Um, you know, he didn't invent electricity. Electricity has been around for a long time. Uh, I don't know if you can Google all the info on that, uh, because like I said, it has to be put, somebody has to put it in for you to find it on Google. But um, my first 40 pages of the book uh, put out there by Google, they're out there because uh, I think uh, the book company uh, provided that. The... uh, Hey, the book is published by Walton Books out there in Pennsylvania. That's the United States of America. Uh, Pennsylvania, not Transylvania. The, uh, the, (laughs) so how can you resist not buying a a copy of that book? You can buy the book. The full eight and a half by eleven book at Barnes and Noble. You'll have to order it because they refuse to give me book signing uh, tour. You know I'm not important enough in their realm. You know, uh, so you'll have to order it from them. But they uh, arrangements can made if you want the the full book, which I say um, is in. You know, it has its advantages to have a full book in front of you. Uh, Certain things can be uh, comprehended with an eight and a half by 11 size full book that uh, you won't be able to uh, put together that easy if you just download it and it's on a computer system. The, uh, of course, computer systems have their advantage too. But, um, and that's the cheapest way to buy it. Download it for $5 and change. I think Amazon can help you out with that. If it's on a notepad, you want it, I think it's 7 bucks. And there's, I think, iTunes handles it also. You know, just go to the regular people. It's out there. Connect the Dots Theory. That's where I got the name for the show, Connect the Dots. And believe me, I'm, I'm connecting many dots in that book. Plus, I got the pictures of the dots <laughs> that can be also connected. And I've got some drawings there of the, uh, talk about connecting the dots, uh, about the apparatus. They can extend down from the sky, and uh, they move it around. Like, And then you'll have my real-life story about, like, uh, I was concerned because they just, they were moving this thing, uh, closer to me, and I was thinking, oh, my God, they're going to suck me up with it or something. And they might have, if I hadn't seen it, and apparently uh, they can tell if you're if you're, you're aware of uh, being able to see their little invisible device. But it kind of, um, well, I, got, I, I drew a picture of it there. I didn't have a camera with me that time. 
this is my first time out there in the wilderness experiencing this phenomena. And uh, so I drew a picture of it. Um, it looks like a, kind of a, um, a ventilation, uh, a zigzag, crinkled ventilation shaft coming out of the sky. Uh, it's outlined by dots, and you can actually see, I was actually able to see the energy lines connecting the dots that form the outline of this uh, vacuum uh, cleaner, maybe, uh, ventilation shaft that was zigzagged and all bent in many ways. It didn't come, wasn't a straight pipe coming down, it was had crinks and and uh, zigzagged and it had no uh, definite uh, straight shape, but uh, like a crinkled hose uh, zigzagging back and forth, but it was coming down out of the sky. Again, you got to buy the book, Connect the Dots Theory, or download it, and then you'll see what I'm talking about there. And I could actually see uh, energy lines connecting the dots. And uh, talk about putting the bug in my ear. So eventually, this thing, I did, when I started writing this book, it took a period of over 10 years to put it all together. Uh, I started with my experience, and then I, you know, one thing led to another. And eventually, I came, uh, concluded that the perfect title for this, all this information would be Connected Dots. And like I said, there's a couple of diagrams in there where I'm connecting the dots. I've also seen uh, the dots coming down out of the sky over a fire. You know, that's the importance of fire. Fire makes a connection to the sky. And if there's a, an entity presence hovering in the spacecraft over where you've got that bonfire going, they'll send their, cast their net of dots uh, focal points of light energy that float in the air, and if you can, um, um, if you're capable of expanding your vision, you'll uh, actually see, without the aid of a camera, you will see the energy lines connecting the dots, which are the focal, floating focal energy points that uh, are. Uh, Basically, they look like stars in the sky. They are about the same size and same sparkle power as starlight, except they're they're near you. So each, if they're coming down to ground level, so you know the starlight we see in the sky, those are suns, you know, light years away. Suns sometimes, you know, stars sometimes bigger than our sun but it's just a twinkling of light because it has to travel so far. But these uh, twinkling of lights are actual focal points of light energy that resemble starlight, and they come down out of the sky, and they'll um, hover, funnel around a fire to make a connection of the top of the fire, a bonfire or something like that, up into the sky. And it's another way that up there can connect to down here. Again, 
It's in my book, Learn About It, called Connect the Dots Theory. And it's not about a theory. Uh, it's about uh, revealing truth and explaining things. It's an educational text. You know, it's not just some crazy theory. It's about truth. But it seemed like an appropriate title to call it Connected Dots Theory. I mean, uh, you know, to play it on the safe side, I call it a theory. But I know it's everything in that book is based on truth personal observations, and anything else connected with those personal observations. It's truth. It's a text. Truth, an educational text. And uh, you ought to go out there and get it. Look for it. Find it. Seek, and you will find Connect the Dots Theory. And like I said, you can Google that and you'll get some connections. How about that? And uh, I'm the, I am the author. This is your radio show host, Tom Edison speaking. And uh, just reminding you, you know, not I'm my only radio show host. I'm a singer-songwriter, and I got two albums out there on CD Baby, Songs Better Than Dylan. And the first song on that uh, um, album is called I Gotta Be Somebody, which you are going to hear at the end of my show every week you get to hear it because it's a, it's like an anthem, you know? We all can be singing I Gotta Be Somebody because we all want to be somebody and we won't be satisfied until we are somebody and that's a good attitude to have. It's a very positive attitude. And I sing about it. And people say, hey, you know, that that's a good-sounding song. It's original. It's got original beat to it, you know? It's got original words to it. Kind of got it like an Elvis flavor to it. Uh, and uh, I got another album out there, American Party Songs, too, uh, which is more high-energy rock and roll. And, of course, I got 27 videos out there on YouTube that you can watch for free. Uh, the last one, I don't know, was that last? Uh, it's been up there uh, three or four weeks now. I want more of your love. Yeah, it's a good topic. And um, you ought to be able to sing that to somebody using the lyrics. But uh, the video is entertaining to watch. A lot of uh, women out there in clubs throwing kisses at the camera. Yeah, I want more of your love. And uh, if you watch it, you might want more of their love. They, um, so, and um, starting uh, with the new year, I'm going to have two more videos out there. Uh, we'll talk about that next week, I guess. But... Um, the uh, we're coming to the end of the show. Yeah, that's right. It was a call-in radio show, but I guess you know uh, 
nobody wanted to pick up their phone or nobody had anything special to say. Hey, some days are like that. And um, so I'm going to do the countdown for the engineer, and he's going to take us out of here with the music. And if you listened to the show before, you might actually know the words, too. i got to be somebody. But you want to uh, really understand that song? Go to CD Baby. I'm the artist, Tom Edison. Maybe the album is Songs Better Than Dylan. And this is one song that is better than any song that Dylan ever wrote. i got to be somebody. Okay, Mr. Engineer, time to take us out of here now. Hey, listeners, tell your friends to tune in next week because this is an educational show. You'll learn things on this show that you can't learn anywhere else in the whole damn world. How about that? Okay, here's the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Stop the love.